1: Off the wall, in his space, Miko Rantanen holds up empty net. You betcha! The Moose is loose, and Miko Rantanen, who started the night as the points leader for the Colorado Avalanche, McKinnon leapfrogged him, able to get a
0: goal of his own.
1: Yeah, thank God Nathan McKinnon was uh, on his game last night because he finishes With Was it five points for him right a couple of goals three assists a hell of a game for Nate as uh, The Avs win six to four in what was a very very odd game like Every second of the game felt like you were on a power play Or on a penalty kill, like one of the two. You got a five on three. You score two goals, and then you give up a five on three, you give up a goal. The third period starts with losing the opening faceoff, having it chucked off the end boards, and then within seven seconds, there's a goal for Buffalo. Just a very, very weird game. That I wasn't able to catch any of the post game from Jared Bednar. I want to go to that in a second because I want to know what his thoughts were um, after a game like that. But I'm just glad they got the win because they're going to have a a tough one coming up here against Boston. Um, Boston undefeated at home this year. So when you start the road trip the way that you did in Winnipeg and you lose five to nothing, you want to have a comeback game of sorts against Buffalo. And look. Buffalo is still not what you would consider a good hockey team. But they're a lot better than they were a couple of years ago. And you can see the young talent. They're going to be pretty good here in about a year or two. You can see it. But being able to kind of withstand the storm there and come away with another couple of points. That's what you're looking for. You know, Mosher kind of talked about it. When they go on this road trip, you're just looking to basically go two and two. Like, get out of here, 500. Hopefully, by that time, Marty, your reinforcements, guys, like, uh, I don't know, a a Val or a Byram or a Helm can get infused back into the lineup. And you can stop sort of just trying to hang on for dear life. And it's taking a toll. I mean, Georgiev doesn't look quite the same. If you looked at the pace that he was on, the way that he was playing to start this year, he couldn't continue to face 40 shots a night, Marty, and come away with one or two goals given up. That was not going to be a consistent theme throughout the years. Too much to ask out of one guy. So I think we're just starting to see a few of these games in which he's just not quite as sharp. Um... It's just the ebb and flow of a season. He made 24 saves on 28 shots last night. But like I said, when you're on the penalty kill, essentially the entire night makes life pretty difficult. I mean, how many penalties were called in that game? Was it a grand total of 15? I think 15 minors were taken in that game. So the Avs had 16 penalty minutes. Buffalo had 14. I mean, that's a combined 30 minutes. That's a period and a half of penalty time. Plus 10 goals, quite an eventful game. Well, and I was going to say this, that if you see 30 penalty minutes, you're like, wow, it's a ref show. They were all pretty legit penalties too. And it kind of was pissing me off that you finally got the five on three. You're like, okay, put in a couple of goals, get yourself back in the driver's seat. Like you got control of this game now. And then shortly after that, on the same play by the way miko takes the hook and then what was taves doing he just cross checks somebody into the boards like wow they're they're already got they have an extra attacker on the ice the delay call was made and then taves is like yeah enough so then they get full 2 minutes of a 5 on 3 they almost kill it off by the way what did uh Buffalo scored like thirty seconds left on that five on three, but still a sloppy game, and five on threes are so stressful it's especially for the team that has five because it's like a no win situation if you don't score all the momentum goes to the team that had the three I mean I, I don't know if it's a no win situation I would i I would take a five-on-three. Okay, there's, there's there's one win you can get, and that's a goal. But if you don't score, it's a huge momentum shift. Sure it is. But it should be pretty easy to score. That's the entire point of it. And I just feel bad for the guys that need to be out there on a five-on-three because there's essentially no leaving the ice. And all you're doing is pretty much just laying down. Yeah, and you're peppered just— with pucks. What's your job on a five-on-three? To take a puck to the face. Like, that's really what it is. Lay down and just swing your stick around. Because EJ got a block that I thought hit him in the face because he like sort of like fell as he blocked and he got right back up. I think it hit him like the hand or the arm or something, but I'm like, that was pretty damn close to hitting you right in the teeth. Not that he really has any anymore. Puck to the gums then? A puck to the gums. (laughs) Yeah. EJ and my six month old daughter have the same mouth. There's just, there's, there's chips of teeth that you can kind of see coming in in there, and then the rest is just gums. That's it. In fact, I would love, whenever Mosher comes on, I'm going to ask him, ask EJ to smile as big as he can, and then I'm going to take a picture of my daughter tonight, and I'm going to compare the two mouths side by side and just see. Because my daughter has one tooth right now that's poking through. One. Is it dead center? You know what's weird? It's on the bottom part, and it almost, I look at him like, it looks like it's right down the middle. That's not where a tooth should be. Old chomper right there. Just one. It's it's just two teeth that are going to come in just like this. are going to be pinchers. Like crab claws. Anyway, um, I'm just glad that they got the W last night because that was not an ideal game. But you know what? Let me hear from Bednar. I want to know what his thoughts are uh, on tonight's game. Let's go to uh, just the first cut, his overall thoughts.
0: Well, I liked their five-on-five five game. I thought it was, um, you know, pretty good. Didn't give up a lot and managed to create a good number of chances. I, th- I thought guys were responsible, committed to our checking game. Lots of special teams breaking the rhythm to the game. So it's why you see top guys on both sides having big nights, you know, it's, it is what it is. I thought our power play did a nice job and penalty kill came up with the big kills when we needed them.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's pretty accurate. You know, you, you <laughs> the five on five game was good for all three minutes that we saw five on five hockey last night. Um, the biggest difference was this last night. To me, it's very simple. The abs are the best power play team in the league. They were three of six. Buffalo is two of seven. That's how you win a game like that. You get that opportunity, you capitalize on it. And like I said, it was good to get that because what you have coming up is going to be very, very difficult. Boston, who they play tomorrow, um, 13-0 at home. Texter says, I'll take your word for it. I don't know if this is true, but like I said, I'll trust you. The Bruins have the most home wins to start a season in NHL history. I would say the 13 in a row to start the year. Probably. Sounds right. Pretty difficult to do because you have, what, 41 home games in a season? You just rattle off 13 in a row. It's a pretty damn good start. So good for them to get the uh, two points last night. Come away with a W. Do you see uh, (sighs) – there's something I love, by the way, at the end of that game. Did you see Miko right before he got the empty netter because he knew that McKinnon was sitting on two? And so he puts on the brakes, right? The dude flies by him, and he's kind of by himself, and he has like a half second to sort of think. And he did take a quick peek over the middle like, is McKinnon out here for the uh, hat trick? No? All right. I'll put it in myself. Game over. Miko always has just a brain like that, doesn't he? Because you want to know what I do if I have the puck and it's an open? I don't care if somebody has five goals and they could have a sixth; They could go like double hat trick with it. If I get the puck and there's an empty net and I can score, I'm going to score. Goal man gets paid, right? Yes. Not to mention Miko is like near the tops of the league in goals. Uh, so he gets one and he's got, I think, 14 on the year now, right? 14? That was his 14th, yes. It's weird to see this change, doesn't it? Like, he's got 14, and then you look at McKinnon. McKinnon has, I say, only 8, but I don't mean it that way. He has 8, but McKinnon's got 25 assists on the year. 25? Says the Avs are 13-7-1. McKinnon's sitting there through 21 games at 33 points. Not bad. That would put you on pace for 100 in the season, which I don't think he's done yet, right? He's never actually gotten to 100? Was that him or is that Miko? I got to look this up because I think that uh, I think McKinnon's whole thing is that he hasn't gotten to 100 points in a season yet, right? Yeah, he's just missed. He's gotten a 99, oh, 99. 97, 93, never to honored, But he's well on pace to get to 100 this year. By the way, did you see the graphic they put up during the game last night? You want to know Eerie? The last three seasons, Marty, through the first 20 games of the year. This year, they were 12-7-1. Last year, they were 12-7-1. The year before that, they were 12-7-1. And And the year before that, they were 12-6-2. I mean, that's about as consistent as you can get through 20 games. And what's remarkable about that is even with the injuries they've suffered, they still have the same record as they did in their... Stanley Cup winning season last year and the really good years the the years previous to that, so impressive. Um, you were talking about home win streaks with the Bruins. Remember what the Evs did last year? They scoffed at thirteen. They had eighteen. It wasn't. Oh, it started in January, right? But no, it uh, started November eleventh. Ended. But January went, 30th. Yeah, but went through the month of January. Right, yeah. Because January, they they what? They lost once, I think? They were like 15-1 and one or something like that. Yeah, you're right. That's a lot of home wins in a row. Well, hopefully when they get the reinforcements right around the same time, Marty, they can make a run like that again. It's very well possible, isn't it? January would be about the time that you get Gabe back. Don't lose at home for three months. Yeah, that'd be nice. I don't mean that. I just mean like having a month of January like they did last year. That'll be the time that you would think, fingers crossed, knock on wood, whatever you got to do. That's when you should have Val and you should have Byram and you should have Helm and you should have Landy and you should have all these guys back and available to you and Evan Rodriguez. I always forget about Rodriguez. He's her too. So great game last night. To come away with a couple of points, um, get back to the Avs in a little bit. As this is a Friday show, we have the U.S. playing against Netherlands tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning. The Broncos taking on the Ravens. And I got a number, by the way, when we come back, that I know nobody, like, is there anybody that thinks the Broncos are going to win this weekend? Anybody? Because I got a number that pretty much proves why they won't. And I know it's football and any given Sunday and blah blah blah. But I'm telling you, once I saw this, I was like, okay, well that pretty much means the game is over. I'll tell you what, every Saturday night, Sunday morning, I'm like, Maybe this is the week for us. Maybe this You're one. still is doing it, it? I am still doing it, yeah. Something's wrong with it. I've me. kinda given up on that. I haven't. I don't I don't know what I stopped to do. that right around week eight or nine. Because remember, Marty, when we hit the midway point of the season, I was like, this is what I got to see from Russ in the second half. There was eight games left, I think. I was like, 16 (laughs) touchdowns. Give me 16. Oh, yeah, Yeah, he said that. Well, hang on, hang on.
0: As you laugh, yes, uh, (laughs) this wasn't like
1: I thought it was going to happen. This was, this is what you should do if you're a guy who makes over $240 million at that position. You should be able to get me two touchdowns a game. You look around all the other quarterbacks like Marty. I'm looking at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's still putting up two to three touchdowns a game. That has not happened. That is why Marty laughed. This was not a prediction on my part. What has he had since then? It's just been two. two? (laughs) (laughs) So two total. Yeah, I've given up on the this is going to turn around and the dam has to break at some point. It doesn't, but Uh, not that I think it'll be consistent, but there's There's got to be one game this season. Just one game. You'd think. It's funny. I asked this question to Legwald yesterday, and I want to play this when we come back. So you guys chew on this for a second. There is no denying this. These two things can be absolutely true at once. That Marty, the Broncos, and how they're playing is totally unacceptable and awful. Historically bad. And also, these injuries are pretty historical in their own context. Really difficult to find a team with this many guys on injured reserve and out for the year. So if you could bring just one back, you wave a magic wand, you say, "Uh uh-huh, magically healthy, who do you think helps the most? Very simple question I'm going to get to in a couple of minutes. Stick around. Alright, so the Broncos and the Ravens this weekend. I don't think that the Broncos have any chance to win this game. And that's it's funny. We talk about that on that show or on this show all the time, don't we? About, oh, the Nuggets are playing the Rockets. Never say a team doesn't have a chance. I just can't for one reason. Do you know how many times the Baltimore Ravens have scored at least 23 points in a game this year? Seven. You've done it once. It's going to be really hard for me to figure out a way, and as good as this defense is, Lamar Jackson is not going to be an easy guy to stop, and I don't think you're going to hold him. I know their offense has struggled. They've had a few games over the past few weeks. They scored like 13 points or something like that, but he's tough to contain. If they put up 23 points, it feels like the game's over. If they put up 20 points, it feels like the game is over. And that's just a, a an awful place to be. And so, I was trying to think how much injuries have to do with this. And they, they have at least some percentage. I think a healthy percentage. I don't know what it would be. But when you lose guys like Garrett Bowles and you don't have KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy again and... Tim Patrick was hurt for the year, and Javante's out, and you got all these different guys that are hurt. It's going to take a toll. And something that was already difficult becomes even more difficult. By the way, speaking of K.J. Hamler, Hackett said that he suffered a setback with his hamstring injury. When I ask you guys the question of if there's one guy off IR that you could bring back, I'm not going to say it's K.J. Hamler, but let me just give you something about K.J. Despite his numbers not really being there, I mean, that that was a second round draft pick that you expected a lot more out of than the production that you've gotten. But he's been hurt for a good portion of his career. First of all, Marty, I don't know if I can trust KJ to even stay healthy anymore. Like, I don't know if that can be a reliable part of your team. I'm not saying you cut him, but it's like you, I don't know how much you can plan in the future for what does the team look like? Well, KJ Hamler's part of it. I don't know if you can plan for that because he's hurt a lot. He had the hamstring problems in his first year, his rookie year. He had the ACL injury the next year. He's got the hammy problems again. You know, Leggy says this all the time when a guy gets hurt a lot in college, he doesn't typically magically get healthy in the pros. And I think we're seeing that with KJ. And the reason why this hurts, he was one of the rare guys that did one thing that nobody else in this team can do. And it's run, it's speed. Is there anybody that you fear on this roster outside of K.J. Hamler as far as I got to make sure I don't get beat by this guy? Montrell Washington sometimes? I don't think the defense even bats an eyelash at the thought of Montreal Washington. I mean, maybe it would be Jerry Judy when he's healthy, Maybe. But he doesn't have that kind of speed. I mean, KJ is a feared player of, if this guy gets over the top, we will get burned on a deep ball. I mean, one of the last games he played in, I forget which game it was, Marty, but remember, he made a catch and he... It was like a 60-yarder that he got tackled at like the two or something. When you don't have that threat, it's really difficult for your offense to to put the fear of God in a defense, at least over the top. So now they can stay near the box. They can jam things up. And when, here's another part, when you only need two seconds because this offensive line is so beat up to get after a quarterback, it, it's just there's not really a threat anywhere. I mean, a couple of textures said, Jalen Virgil is now our deep threat. Okay, well, he's not really playing. I and mean, what I've noticed that the Broncos have done, Marty, is they've put in Brandon Johnson as a wide receiver instead of Jalen Virgil. And I don't really know why Virgil had that big catch in the one game that he got called up for. But not having KJ hurts. It was just an X factor within the offense that was missing. I don't think it's a coincidence last year, by the way, Marty, and I know they faced easy opponents to start last season. But remember, they started last year 3-0. and And then KJ got hurt. And then the offense kind of fell apart. That offense, the first three weeks of last season, put up like 25, 26 points a game. When you miss that threat, it hurts. But if you had to choose one guy, who would it be? Because I wasn't really on board with this answer at first. And I think that Leggy convinced me. If you missed it yesterday, we talked to Jeff Legwald. I asked him that question. Here was his answer. Leggy, uh, last thing, we'll let you go. This pen that I hold is now a magic wand, and I can tap it on somebody's head, and they will be magically healthy. Who would you do uh, this? This Javante magical? Javante Williams. Really? That's that's the Javante. first guy on IR you would take off is Javante.
0: They would have won three more games with Javante Williams in uniform. Really? I I I say that without hesitation. Right now, they would have beaten the Colts. Uh, they would have beaten the Chargers. And they would have beaten the Raiders because they would have played differently. And the holes that were available in the run game would have been big games and touchdowns instead of seven-yard runs. Huh. You buy that?
1: You think that Javante would, just him being healthy, would give you another three wins this year? Because let me tell you something. Seems like a lot. Three wins does seem like a lot. I could buy a couple. Like, you want to say two? I could say two. You give him the ball late in the game. He controls the clock, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think he's right about this, Marty. You, you win that indie game with Javante. I think you beat the Colts. Remember how awful of a game that was. I mean, that game went into overtime and finished. Wasn't it 12 to 9 was the final score? I think you can win that game. But this is part of the problem. A lot of things seem to be dependent on, like, a single guy and injuries are suffered every single week in the nfl two major key players and people seem to have
0: what if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission at u.s customs and border protection we go beyond to protect more than borders from ship to shore air to ground Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
1: Way less issues trying to overcome them than Denver does. Now, a lot of them is stacked up, but I look at Cincinnati, Marty. They're seven and two in the last nine games. They've been without Jamar Chase for what the last four? Still been able to win. And that's, you want to talk about a key part to your offense? Jamar Chase is a pretty damn key part to that Cincy offense. And I think he's coming back this week for the Bengals. I've seen the Cowboys play without Zeke Elliott. They find Tony Pollard to be successful. I, I've, you go around the league, you can miss players and teams seem to know how to make up for it. Except for this one. And again, it's, it's become wave after wave after wave of injuries. But you really see how important just single guys are to this roster, and that kind of speaks to the depth. I mean, we had issues, and we talked about this a lot, Marty, with the offensive line, even when they were healthy in training camp. You know, at that time, it was just what? Your right tackle was kind of up in the air because Turner and Tom Compton were both hurt at the time, so you're playing guys like Cam Fleming and blah, blah, blah. But we saw the offensive line, we go, I don't know how good this thing is to really start with. And now you talk about the depth, not quite there. And now, unfortunately, with how, how thin you were depth-wise at offensive line, you're on your third string left and right tackles, and you were on your third string center for like a week. So it just keeps compounding on top of each other. Here's the other thing. And we mentioned this yesterday. Sorry. What was your answer? Was it also Javante? I think it's Javante, yeah. I was going to say, you know, people get caught up in the Tim Patrick stuff. I don't know how much of a difference he makes. He makes a difference, don't get me wrong. But I don't think that, like, this season changes if he doesn't get hurt in training camp. I don't think that was, like, the death knell. Patrick would have been my answer. I feel like you need a nice security blanket for Russ. I feel like that would have changed him throughout the season. My answer was going to be Garrett Bowles. I think getting a left tackle back probably helps. It helps with your pass protection and and all that stuff. And I know that Garrett Bowles is, I mean, (laughs) let's go through the roller coaster of emotions that Broncos fans had on Garrett Bowles. They were climbing up, 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 up. And they said, got to get rid of this guy, decline his fifth-year option, this guy stinks. And then you just put your hands up and you rode that roller coaster. Whee! Look how good he is! One of the best left tackles in the NFL. And now it's kind of back to, like, people don't think he's good anymore. Anki's way better than people have given him credit for. Like, my answer was going to be Garrett Pauls, But I could see Javante here. Because he was a guy that would still get you four to four and a half yards of carry, no matter who the offensive line was. And if you had that guy to rely upon, especially in crunch time situations, I think that he could change the outcomes of a lot of games. So my answer is yes. I agree with Leahy. He convinced me. Javante Williams. But we talked about this yesterday. Then, Marty, you and I, we go through, uh, speaking of emotional roller coasters, the game on Sunday starts... And our feelings about Russ, you think the, the, the two words, Russell Wilson, and you just want to start throwing stuff as you're watching the game. No, I give him a f- the first offensive drive, and then when he punts, I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing it again. Yes. And then Monday, after a loss, you're angry. You're like, this guy can't throw it. Two touchdowns, really, over the last three, four weeks? And then Tuesday, after his press conference, you're like, come on, man. Figure it out. Just give me something to be happy about. That's all I want. And then Wednesday hits, and you're like, all right, guys, relax. Jeez, do we have to take this many shots at the guy? And he goes to the children's hospital, and I see those pictures. I get buttered up a little bit. Well, explain to me what happened this morning on ESPN with Adam Schefter. What happened? Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers' 39th birthday, and Adam Schefter was like, unclear if Aaron Rodgers will be added to the list of QB birthday parties this week. I mean, every single time somebody can take a shot at this guy, they do it. And it seems unfair, because you know what you're hitting? You're hitting like a death mute. It's like you just wail back with a clenched fist, Marty, and you punch Helen Keller over and over again, and you're like, there's no response from him. Like, you want to know why people don't do that to Aaron Rodgers? is because he'll eat you alive the next time he's in front of a microphone. And he'll hold a grudge for the rest of his career with it, too. Correct. Like, who uh, who was homeboy who didn't vote him for MVP because he was unvaccinated? Who was that last year? Oh, uh, he had a... A weird name. Yeah, he was from Chicago. I can't remember his name. Whatever. That guy. You don't think that Aaron Rodgers still remembers that guy's name? Like, I, I'm fairly convinced in the offseason he, he flies to Chicago for one purpose. It's a business trip to light a steaming bag of poop on fire on his porch. I bet you that's what Aaron Rodgers does. And the reason why people don't take shots is because they know they're going to get counterpunched if they try it. With Russell, you're hitting one of those clowns in a psychiatrist's office. One of those that you hit, and it goes, and it pops back up. And then you hit it again, and it pops back up. Like, there's no response. Hub Arkish, by the way. Hub Arkish, yes. You don't think that Aaron Rodgers has that list like Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison that he marks off names in lipstick? You don't think he has one of those lists, and Hub Arkish is on there? Of course he is. But I was blown away and I I forgot to play this yesterday because on Wednesday, uh, Russell spoke and he he caught the tough questions again. The tough questions are fair. I'm not saying that that's unfair. Of course, of course, quarterback plays poorly. He makes that kind of money. He's the team leader. He has to answer for why things aren't going well. But the way that they're asked are in ways of you would only do this to him. And here's a perfect example. Do we know who this is? I don't know. Take a listen. See if you can decipher. Well, here's what I want before we play it. Imagine asking this question to a professional athlete. Pretty much the 99% of athletes that are not named Russell Wilson or Kirk Cousins or or people who are just nice to a fault. Okay? Imagine this.
0: How, How does being 34 change? From being 33, and we're talking about the noise. There's a loud noise that this year that you're washed up at 34. Do you feel like you're washed up at
1: 34? Uh, I don't even need to respond to to the to that. I think that uh, at the end of the day, I know I know who I am as a Stop. player. Stop. Do you feel like you're washed up? Imagine asking that to Aaron Rodgers. Like, Marty, you remember when uh, the All-Star game was, it wasn't here, it wasn't the All-Star game in Colorado, but it was the All-Star game that Charlie Blackman was in. And he had the airpiece in. And he was talking to Joe Buck and whoever else it was during it. And remember when Joe Buck said, uh, Charlie, you're 35, how many years you got left, right? It was something very, as simple as that. And Charlie was like, I'm in the all-star game. What are you talking about? Like, it was, it was an innocent question. It was like, hey, you're an older player who's still playing at a high level. How much longer do you think you have? But you could tell there was a part of Charlie that was like, I'm I'm in a game with the elite of the elite, and you're asking me how close I am to not being able to play the game anymore? And I remember we played that on the show. We're like, that, it is kind of a weird question to ask, isn't it? And you just go, ah, and this is how you get around it. In fact, I remember, and this was beautiful. Marty, you remember when Ronda Rousey was like on top of the world in the UFC? Somebody asked her a question once, and, and the question started with this. People have said, and finished the question. I can't remember what it was, but it started with people have said. And she responded, she goes, why don't you just say that's what you think? Because that's exactly how that question was asked. Um, yeah, not me, but people have have uh, called you washed up. Are you washed up? You don't get to couch it with it's not my opinion. You don't get to do that. Like a texture says it reminds me of the captain uh Tyler Adams from Team USA when the Iranian reporter Asked him about all that other stuff, right, about injustice in America and saying the name wrong, and he, like, kept this cool. That's who you're talking to every week. And just just once, Marty, Russell, if you're listening, I promise you, I promise, I want you to bark at somebody. I, you know what? Take it back. I don't want you to bark. I want you to bite. If somebody asks that question, I want you to walk off the press conference. I want you to walk up, grab their hand, and bite their index finger. Bite it. Because I think criticizing his game is totally fair and blah, blah. But, dude. Again. Do you think anybody dares Marty S. at Tom Brady at a press conference? Do you feel washed up? Tom Brady hasn't played well this year. Do you feel washed up? And that would be a legit question at 45. Hey, Aaron, you just turned 39 and you're 4-8 for the first time in your career since you were, like, 20. Do you feel washed up? That'd be a fair question for him, right? Why don't people ask it? Hey, Drew Brees, you don't got the deep ball anymore. Do you feel washed up? Why don't you ask that? You do it to Russell because you know he's not going to punch back. and I think it's kind of cowardly. Not on Russell's part, on your part, that you feel like, oh, I can say whatever I want to this guy. Like, what would happen if somebody made fun of his wife in a question? What would happen? Like, would that actually get him amped up? I I just want to see one thing. I I don't want be clear. Nobody do that. It's completely unprofessional, and you should be, like, fired if you ever ask a question like that. I'm just saying, what would it take for him to get fired up? I told you this story, Marty. When the Lions went 0-16, head coach of the team was Rod Marinelli. His son-in-law, so the guy who's married to his daughter was the defensive coordinator. His name was Joe Barry. At the end of the year, think about this for a second. End of the year, one of the Lions reporters, Rob Parker, he's on Fox Sports 1. He asked Rod Marinelli after going 0-16 at the end of game uh, press conference after game 16. He said... Coach, do you wish your daughter married a better defensive coordinator? And I thought Marinelli was going to jump off that stage and start wailing on this guy at, like, 80 years old. And it's the same thing as what fans do in, in stadiums. It's that guy who threw the beer at Ron Artest. He's like, what? This is base. I'm in the crowd. You can't do anything to me. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, they can, and they do, and then you regret every decision you ever made. Russell, go run our test. All right, 303-504-0925, Shant Mazda text line. You guys want to hear Marty sing? Marty's going to sing next. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Last night's gem of the game. Brought to you by Shane Company. Gorgeous! Woo! Come to Shane Company to see the largest selection of engagement rings and wedding bands. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business. Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. A car has that's... For Gump reference, McCarr now for McKinnon, he holds, he shoots, he scores, and he cannot be stopped. Nathan McKinnon has an assist, he has two goals, and the Avalanche have a 4-2 lead with 8.07 to go in the second period. There's your gem of the game, uh, Nathan McKinnon, two goals, three assists last night, get back to the ABS in just a little bit. A couple of things I want to discuss, uh, Marty, if I were to ask you right now. Do you think that Dion will be the head coach of CU by the time this weekend is over? Yes. How sure are you on this? I'm 90% sure. I feel like I'm close to that. And then I see these reports. This from Kyle Berger, who is a uh, reporter for ABC Action News in Tampa. A source confirms that Deion Sanders has visited the USF facilities this week, and a major sticking point for him, accepting the head coach position, is to have a major say in the construction of the new on-campus stadium. No! God, please, no! Now, you juxtapose that with another report that said him (laughs) is from Kevin O'Connell or Kevin O'Donnell at Fox 13. Wait, who's Kevin O'Connell? Is that the the head coach coach of Minnesota Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He didn't say it. No. Kevin O'Donnell of Fox 13 said the latest coaching search update is that Deion Sanders could be ready to accept Colorado's offer. Brian Hartline interviewed at Ohio Ohio state and is the front runner told Deion. uh, He has his defensive coordinator selected and they like Colorado. Prime is still waiting to hold his decision until after the game. Nothing new on USF. So you have those two things side by side. It just feels like Dion's coming here. It does. It's been too loud for too long. Yes. Just let's go. There's a lot of smoke. I don't see anybody vaping. Blowing clouds, bro. It's one thing I've never done, by the way, is vaped. Don't really get it. So the smoke is from the vape or it's from the Dion thing? Well, if it's the smoke... Here's the thing, Marty. Good question. I will answer that. The saying is, where there's smoke, there's fire. The fire would be Dion coming to see you. But if the smoke is a vape, there's no fire. It's a false cloud. That would mean he's going to USF. Fake smoke. So he's either vaping or he's smoking. It's one of the two. By the way, speaking of CU, this is a fear that I had that if you play um, if you play Owen McCown and he plays decently well, that that will lead to him going somewhere else, and he has. Uh, he is entering the transfer portal, so he is gone. Now if you get Dion, that's fine. I would assume that he would have at least somebody he could get to come here and play quarterback. So without Dion, this is the reality for CU.: Yeah, uh, every year, for one year. and they don't even have to be good. It to be a little good. That's the funny thing, isn't it? Like every team is going to have transfers, Marty. It happens to everybody. But not every team has transfers to major players every single year. Like starters, guys you rely upon. That's what's different. Bama gets transfers every season. You know what those guys are? Like third stringers, they leave. What are you going to say? Or he's leaving because he knows Dion's coming and Dion's bringing a quarterback, so he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't have a chance. I'm Maybe? Out. You know what they should do? Bama, or I'm sorry, Bama. CU should go sign an eighth grader, Marty. Because you know what story I read yesterday? I don't know how many A's are in the state of Alabama. You know, there's 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A, 5A, like it keeps going up, right? So this was in the 7A, which I think is the top in Alabama. The 7A state championship game, high school. There's a kid by the name of Trent Seaborn. He threw five touchdowns in that 7A state championship game for his team to win. There's just one thing that makes the story interesting, though. Trent Seaborn, Marty, is an eighth grader. He is an eighth grader who is playing varsity high school football at the 7A level in the state of Alabama, who threw five touchdowns in a state championship win. What the hell is that? So what is eighth grade? Like 13? 12? 14. 14? Yeah. Yeah. And if this guy is like the truth, if he's really good. I There's part of me that hates this. When you're Arch Manning, Marty, it's different. That you're already in that level of celebrity. That there's just nothing you can do about it. He's he's very good at football, and he's a Manning. He's gonna get the notoriety. I asked Cooper when he came on the show, "Is like, are you have you tried to shelter him from some of that stuff, like games being on national TV?" He "As best I can, but we kind of know what the situation is." If you're tossing five touchdowns and winning a state championship, Marty, as an eighth grader at the highest level of football in Alabama, there is no sheltering that kid from any attention. And I would hate that as a parent. I'm like, can my 14 year old just live a 14 year old life? You know, like play video games and stuff like that and, and hang out with his friends and not have constant articles written about him. But it, that's what's coming. It's coming for this kid. Texture says, hey, Brett, there are four A's in the word Alabama. Thank you. (laughs) That was not what I was asking, but thank you very much. And he did seven? Wow. They really can't spell down there. Alabama. Maybe that's the seven. Kane is the eighth grader, 17, who has held back for three or four years. That would be more believable to me. A 17-year-old who reads at an 8th grade level so they had to hold him back. Maybe that's it. But no, this kid is 8th grade and he tossed five touchdowns. So a lot to get to today. We'll talk about the Broncos, the Avs, the uh, the week ahead for the Nuggets, along with the U.S. who plays at 8 a.m. against Netherlands tomorrow. This is where the World Cup gets really fun, Marty, for one reason. There's no draws. We need winners now. Every single time that somebody plays and I can't wait to watch. That's at 8 a.m., Tomorrow, but the one thing I wanted to bring up was, did you see the video of the Mexico fan, the guy in Mexico who watched his team lose? By the way, out of that CONCACAF that features all the teams from this region, did you know the only team to move past the group stage was the US? Which I think is really funny because all these other countries think they're better at soccer than we are. And the US was the only team to move on from the CONCACAF. Are you talking about this dude that stabbed his TV? Yes. <laughs> a man was punching his TV in tears when Mexico. I don't think they lost, right? But they didn't, they didn't win by they didn't enough. Advance, yeah. So they didn't advance. <laughs> they were eliminated. Just... This guy is punching his TV. He goes off screen and comes back with a butcher's knife and jams it into the television in tears. And all I'm asking is this, Marty. Has there been a single time that you felt this way about anything? Anything yeah, whatsoever? Steve Bartman, but I was in eighth grade, so I didn't really have the capacity to, to use a butcher's knife. Bartman? That was it? Bartman? Yeah. Remember that game? Yeah, I remember okay. that game. I also I remember w? you guys fumbling a double play ball. I also remember a whole bunch of things that happened in that game that led to a loss. <laughs> I was too busy crying to see anything <laughs> that happened after that. We don't have time, Marty. We need to hear you sing. We need to hear you sing. Come on. My bad, my bad. Everybody, sing along with Marty. You know the words by now. I'm giving away my bets. Give it to me, Marty. Let's go. P-p-p- pretty and his pets. Sing it, Jesse. Pretty, pretty and his pants. Yeah, good note, Jesse. Your microphone wasn't on, but I could hear you from here. Nice job. Uh, I give you a lock, and I give you an underdog. The picks don't matter. I spend no time on these. I just want to make Marty sing. So my lock of the week, as I look at it right now, is going to be... uh, uh, We'll take the Vikings. Minus three over the Jags, and then your underdog of the week. Kansas State to beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game. There you go. There's your lock and an underdog. Twitch.tv search altitude SR in the search bar. Mojo Lombardi and Kane next.